0: Welcome to the Lion's Roar Dharma Center podcast from Dona Darge Temple. This public talk by Lama Yeshe Jinpa was recorded during a regularly scheduled Sunday morning service.
1: For a second Sunday, I'm going to ask people um, to uh, forego the break because uh, we've got a lot to do but if you need to stretch, you just stand up and stretch, right? You can do that. Um, I wish we had more time to meet, but we have a lot of activities. So today, um, after uh, snack, service and snack <laughs> and social time, uh, around 1.30, we're going to have a, a light workout um, fit for recovery with, Emily who's here today so uh, that's really fun for me Um, and uh, I want to emphasize that doing uh, Dharma practice uh, requires us to take care of uh, our what sometimes said our aggregates right (laughs) our skandhas and our bodies is made up of these um, ever-changing interactions between uh, form and formlessness, mind and body. Um, But in our tradition, uh, we're very nice to our bodies. We don't abuse bodies. We don't, you know, we're very nice to ourselves. So uh, this is a way, uh, and people can join us. We had eight people last time. Um, And we can can have some more, right, Emily? We could, yeah, so uh, this is being sponsored through Midway Health Foundation and uh, I'm I'm delighted. So we're doing that. Every time I'm here, uh, we'll do it. So first and third Sundays, yeah. And then we're going to have announcements and and Doug is going to give uh, an announcement about uh, one of our Dharma activities, yeah, so. Today, uh, I'm gonna say some brief words about the Shambhala journey, a new, uh, introduction uh, of our practice, and I've asked Dirk to speak on Vajrasattva uh, and do some Vajrasattva practice um, uh, this summer. We that yeah, so we could take a little break from doing Vajra uh, practice, Vajrasattva practice, uh, and moon practice. Um, but I'd like to emphasize that it's. It's really neat to do it, important. Um, from tantric point of view, uh, we need to follow the moon cycles uh, and the holidays. Um, and we need to do uh, you know, protector practice, it's called. So uh, that's what's uh, kind of def- uh, the view. That's kind of what defines doing Vajrayana tantric practice. So, we, we have to align ourselves with uh, the natural world and the cosmic world, <laughs> particularly. So, uh, the Vajrasattva practice, the moon practice, uh, protective practice, it's extremely, extremely important. Um, so, the Shambhala journey <coughs> uh, Shambhala is the uh, you know, the Buddha field, the Buddha land that uh, some say exists north of India, others say exists on another planet, but it's in Shambhala that uh, the Kalachakra teachings uh, were preserved and taught, and uh, they we're preserving and teaching the Kalachakra, Tantra, and uh, Shambhala in this tradition too. How many years ago was Jada Rinpoche here and gave the Kala Chakra and Retreat?
2: It was 11, Um, yeah. It was also
1: the same year that Dalai Lama gave uh, the Kala Chakra uh, full initiation in Washington, DC, right? So uh, we're going to ask again for to give uh, Kala Chakra in Sacramento. Um, I want to step it up, if, if he's actually willing to give uh, uh, the full empowerment, that would be totally cool. Uh, i say that, it would be kind of direct, because it also means lots of preparation at point, So It's, it's uh, you know, usually like uh, at least a week-long uh, event uh, initiation. Dalai Lama calls it Kala Chakra for World Peace. <clears throat> and it's given Kala Chakra um, maybe 30, 40 times now. Like that, It's the, it's the most uh, uh, delightful uh, ceremony and teachings to go to. So uh, we're going to uh, paint outside in the, the mandala mural for peace and healing. So up in the, the corner above what uh, Lindsay I and mean, we've all done so far we have uh, Kala Chakra Mandala, okay? <laughs> so right now we're working like, how are we going to get up there? And Connor has, oh I have, I have some uh, scaffolding <laughs> from a friend. I say, Does it have duct tape on it?
2: I mean, I and yes it has
1: duct tape on it. <laughs> so, like, okay, I'm going to look at it first because like, I want to get up there. right? <laughs> Has everyone seen the mural in, in the back? It's, it's cool, so uh, I'd like everyone to at least have a brush stroke on that. Right. <coughs> so the idea of uh, the Shambhala journey in Shambhala, I've had to post on the home page of the website, so please take a look at that. Uh, I'm not just going to read it out today, but basically, we're talking about Shambhala's uh, the journey to and the maintenance and creation of compassionate community. In okay. There's a lot of myths about Shambhala, so uh, I want to say a little bit Yiddish style, like what it's not first. <laughs> so. In Chambala, uh, excuse me, I'm making noises here. So, that's better. Okay? Still works? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, sometimes in Chambala we're talking about the uh, rigs and Kings and the Shambhala um, monarchy, so to speak. Um, that's uh, language that people understood in India and, and Tibetan Mongolia, of course. Uh, the idea of royalty. Um, but that's not meant to be um, taken literally, right? Or it is meant to be taken literally in the sense that we want to experience ourselves as um, uh, you know, radiant, right, so we could say in, in uh, Mahamudra and Dzogchen Tantra, we want to experience ourselves as radiantly open like that but uh, and sometimes we visualize ourselves uh, as uh, Buddhas with jewelry and dressed up like um, uh, you know Indian royalty, correct, like that, but um We're not uh, actually, uh, we're not British royalty. (laughs) So, it's a metaphor. So, uh, groups that take that as like, literally we're supposed to set up a monarchy, we're not doing that. So, in Shambhala, uh, it's a metaphor for that radiant openness. Then sometimes, in some Buddhist traditions, it's talked about being like warriors, right? Um, but uh, actually we aren't warriors in the traditional sense, like you know the army or something. Um, we don't go fight wars. Uh, the, the translation uh, that the Tibetans made of bodhisattvas is like heroic being. Um, but we don't need to say bodhisattva warriors. We can just say bodhisattvas, right? Mm-hmm. don't need to say warriors, because sometimes we use that metaphor and then people get a little bit too aggressive, warrior-like. We're not out to conquer someone's territory, actually. Likewise, we're not uh, into power and dominance. Uh, Our job is then to, you know, uh, rule the world. So, you know, in Shambhala we don't have like, there's really not like a ruler like that. But sometimes we use that term like, you know, the rulers or something, the governors of Shambhala. But uh, that's metaphor too, right? But if that's turned into now, uh, now, you know, we rule, then that can go a little crazy too. Do you agree? And uh, if we become rulers, sometimes that power turns into domination. So you know we have these uh, problems where teachers and students too that okay, they be sexual perpetrators or dominators, or they became fabulously wealthy or something like that, right? Like ruling means to dominate. But for us, it means uh, we're we're lovers of the world. You know, we're we're here to nurture and take care of, just like. We're not warriors in a littler sense. We're, um, you know, we're, uh, as bodhisattvas, we're willing to be challenged, right? Warriors have challenges, right? We're willing to be challenged, but we're not taking over someone's territory. I like to say, I'm not going to ever push anybody off the diving board. I'll be pushy. (laughs) 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 But... I want you to experience the Dharma of the leap, right? If it doesn't feel, if you're not, if you're just told what to do, if you're just pushed, you don't feel that natural spontaneity that we, that we say in Dzogchen, right? Because you won't feel it. You have to kind of, you have to bounce on the board and make your own dive. I may not let you off the board until you do dive. That's camp counselor style. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no going down the ladder, as Peter said, right, so. Uh, then finally, uh, we're, we're not elites, right? So that's uh, kind of dangerous, and particularly in Vajjana we do kind of nifty things, but um, there's no caste system. So uh, we're, not, uh, we're not elites in that sense, right? Um, we recognize that uh, people are teachers and, ha- and people have different roles, but uh, there's no caste system at all in Shambhala. So we're uh, um, well, we're equal. <laughs> it's like it's kind of hard to say that sometimes because no matter what, we sometimes feel we say, well, okay, we're not royalty, we're not warriors, we're not power brokers, we're not into business or dominating or screwing people over. But, actually, we are a little better than those people, right? <laughs> you know, them. So, uh, <laughs> You know who I'm talking about. Uh, so, really, we have to say, we actually have, they have the same amount of Buddha nature we do. And when... We become awakened or enlightened, or no more learning, or attain mahasadi. uh Does your Buddha nature increase? No, it doesn't. It stays the same <laughs> like that. You know. So in the past, people have told me, "Well, then, what good is that?" <laughs> or as like, "What do I get after I'm enlightened or something?" It's funny. So, <clears throat> so in. In Shambhala, you know, we're we're actually servants. We're here to serve, seva, you know, service. So, kind of like twelve step, we have service positions. We're we're administrators. You know, I, I want to revive that term as being a high level of uh, attainment. Someone who's willing to uh, be an administrator and you know, um, you know, balance the checkbook and like uh you know did did we get the plumbing fixed, right? That's all maintenance, right? So I'd like to say in Shambhala uh the true Bodhisattva uh warriors, royalty um masters uh are uh, the maintenance people. Right? Has anybody ever done professional janitorial or cleaning work? Yeah so Okay, so I actually did, and it was a good experience because after graduating Phi Beta Kappa from Middlebury College, my parents wanted me kind of like uh, graduate style to become like a stockbroker or go to law school. Instead, I took a job at the hospital as janitor, like that, <laughs> maintenance person. So uh, the cleaning and the taking care of the world, that service, uh, is uh, you know what we see is how Shambala runs through that service. So this is also a very practical pitch for we actually do need people to help uh, clean and take care of the temple like that. So that's part of high level practice. And uh, Taruko has some ideas about how to coordinate uh, the maintenance people, correct? Anyone wants hmm Yeah, like that. So we have wisdom, you know, we have mind maintenance, body maintenance, temple maintenance. Um and we're we're here to serve. Does that make sense? Yeah, not dominate or take advantage of or you know, use up all the resources. We're here to be stewards a little bit like that, you know, like uh, we're just monkeys, you know, so we, we need to fit into the ecology. So that a little bit about Shambhala journey like that. Um, so, some while back somebody says, well, are you allowed to use the term Shambhala? Because there's another group called Shambhala International. Uh, yes, we are. It's not copyrighted. Um, you know, so that's that's standard practice like that. But I have a little different vision, right? A little di- different different vision of what in our tradition what Kala Chakra and Shambhala is. I'd like to introduce people to uh, a short form of the Kala Chakra Guru Yoga. Um, so uh, I'm not going to do it right now because I want to hear from uh, Dirk. looking forward to that. Um, so uh, it just will take... Uh, kind of the uh, reading transmission will just take, you know, 10, 15 minutes. So maybe maybe if you're interested in uh, Kalachakra and Shambhala, I'll be back here at like one fifteen, and then one thirty ish we'll be starting Fit for recovery. But that'll give the, um, the breakdown crew time to get the tables ready. So you have about 45 minutes for a snack, is that enough? Yeah. I only get a half an hour during the week, do you know that? Mm-hmm. So, at the hospital I also get half an hour. Middleway Health, I get half an hour, so I'm giving you guys 45 minutes. Is that fair? Mm-hmm. But I'll be back here, so we have a text, where you put together the text, and we'll read through it like that. So, um, I'm just delighted Dirk's here, and um, Willing to uh, give a talk and um, say hi. I like that he's wearing the um, the simple Zen. Um, the uh, people people generally get all tripped out about robes. Um, so. Uh, the the white cotton zen or silk zen actually evokes, like, being on retreat, Milarepa style. Okay, so Milarepa just wore, didn't wear monastic robes or anything special, just... So, it was hard to identify Milarepa, kind of, because there were a lot of sadhus doing Shaivite things and yogi things, and they were wearing white too, right? So it has a certain kind of, like, you, you don't know, you know, someone's wearing, you know, wearing just simple Zen, you know, what exactly uh, tradition, right? Could, could be doing anything. So you have to ask them, like, oh, you, I can't figure out who you are exactly, um, like that, so, but it evokes really being a serious uh, Mahamudra and Dzogchenpa you know, so a lot of people that have taken refuge, please swear, you know. So then there's, uh, there's uh, the some, somewhat maroon, somewhat white, Zen, like Piotr is wearing. Uh, usually, um, if Geshe here, he'll tease you, he'll say, like Nagpa, like that. So a little bit uh, more Nyingma style, like, but also, you know, uh, look, Rinpoche in Singapore has students wear striped. And I'm wearing monastic style. So Uh, the robes uh, do designate a little bit because the fringe means like your householder. So I'm in a funny place like uh, Sarah J and now I'm married but Sarah just said oh you're actually still part of us so I don't know what I am maybe that's good right (laughs) so they won't let me they won't let me go so I I have to wear uh, these robes okay I'm done for now that's all yours
3: thank you Lama E Maho, there appears to me now in the vast, pure expanse of the sky a marvelous pure land. In this marvelous pure land, I pray to Samantabhadra, Vajradhara, the five universal Buddhas, each with his consort, the twelve teachers of perfection, chief of whom is Shakyamuni Buddha, and the thousand Buddhas of this fortunate eon. I pray to the three bodhisattva families, to the wisdom holders among gods, nagas, and humans, to God Dorje, Jampal Shenyan, Sri Simha, Yeshe Do, Vimalamitra, Pema Jumne, Yeshe Tsogyal, Prince Damsen, and so forth. In short, I prayed to the entire vast ocean of spiritual adepts of India and Tibet. I prayed to the great Dijim Lingpa and his heart sons and the holders of his lineage. To Nyoshul Ken Rinpoche, who opened the door for me. To Chagdad Tulku Rinpoche and Kampo Girme Trinle, who led me through the doorway to the master of activity, Lama Yeshe Jinpa, embodiment of the union of Sutra and Tantra, who is leading me to the end of the path, to the lineage of the all-pervading natural liberation and to the three roots which embody this lineage. And I pray to the gods and Dharmapalas together with their hosts, may I hereby become completely free from all grasping to a self and from all desire and attachment for the things of this world. May the Bodhisattva's attitude arise in my heart and may I thereby become a mighty protector of each and every living being. May I come to realize all forms and appearances I encounter in this world, to be nothing but the play of deity, mantra, and primordial wisdom. And may I, in this very life, attain and manifest the perfect state of Samantabhadra. So that's a prayer I do every morning. Um, I thought I'd share it since this is my f- first time speaking here. And I'm, I don't know, it's odd. I'm not afraid of public speaking, but to me, this is so important, it's kind of hair raising. I might even grow some. <laughs> uh, so, my name is Dirk Johnson. Anyway, that's usually what I'm called. But while I'm sitting here, I guess my name really is uh, Yeshe Sanglam, which is the name that Lama Jinpa gave me when I took refuge with him. Uh, and then the Lam part is interesting. I'm going to connect that up a little bit here. There, uh, there's a tradition called the Theravada, which uh, is also which relies on a, a set of texts called the uh, Pali Canon. And in the Pali Canon, there is a text by Buddha Gosha that's called the Vishuddha Maga, which means the path of purification. And that Maga and the Lam in my name uh, are the same word. You might know Lam from Lam Rim. Anyway, it's path. And this path of purification I'm going to tie it back up uh toward the end of what I say um, because that's really what we are in a different way, from a different perspective uh from the Theravada tradition, but ultimately, I can't say anything about it <laughs> uh in the uh in that tradition, uh, which I the reason I bring that tradition up, is because I learned about the lunar quarter practice, practicing on the quarter days. I learned it. I learned it from the Thai Forest tradition at uh, uh, a Bayagiri monastery in Redwood Valley. And uh, they call it Upasata day, and I have to. Re- I, I'm going to I'm going to forget because there's Upasato, which is the. Uh, the lunar observance days. There's Upasaka, which is the lay practitioner. And then there's the Sanskrit, which I'm going to (laughs) have to look. I've got it here. Upavasata. So it's all the same thing. In the Mahayana tradition, the Upasato days or Upavasata days are a little more elaborate. They're not just on the lunar quarters. There are six or eight, depending on where you are and which tradition you're in. uh, They do tend to be influenced by the Chinese calendar because of the way things went later. Uh, But uh, the way I learned it is on the lunar quarters, and that's a little simpler. We've already got a complicated enough schedule here at the temple that it's hard to fit the quarters into the schedule because they change all the time. And Lama Jinpa just talked about the world of the lunar quarters a little bit compared to the solar world the lunar world is more Sambhogakaya or imaginal our daily uh, daily lives of you know working and functioning and practicality and rationality. It's very solar. Our calendar, solar calendar is very abstract. You know, our days begin at midnight, which is some point in, in the middle of the darkness. Uh, in the lunar calendars, the day starts either at dusk or at dawn, which, depending on which calendar that is, which is a much more experiential way of marking time. The moon comes every month and shows us what time, it, what time of the month it is. Whereas with the solar calendar, we just divide it up, mark it off, and you know we look at our calendar to find out what day it is. So the, the, the lunar practice of the Upasato days goes back 2,500 years to the time of the historical Buddha, and I have to look again here. Uh, I'm completely lost. Uh, in 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 the Buddha's time, according to a sutra in the Pali Canon, which is I believe in the Majjhima Nikaya, but I'm not sure. The Buddha taught that the Uposatha day is for quote cleansing the defiled mind, resulting in inner calm and joy. So. You know, that really is what we're doing, and that's what the practice, in my experience, does. When we practice uh, on the lunar quarters, when we finish the practice, it's pretty invigorating, even though it's, it can be difficult. In terms of the timing, I mean, difficult. The practice itself is actually not difficult, it's pretty easy. Um, another thing that's done on the Upasato days, historically, is that. Uh, it's a day where the five precepts that refuge students have taken are intensified and refocused upon. So it's a day of, it's a renewal, it's a renewal of practice. So every, quarter, every week on the quarter of the moon, we renew our commitment to the practice. We renew our experience of the practice. Uh, at, at a Bayagiri when we practiced, we would start at 9 o'clock uh, and do some uh, poly canon sutra chanting and then meditate for 45 minutes then the abbot would talk for about 20 minutes or half an hour or so and then we would practice until 3 o'clock in the morning Uh, individually we wouldn't gather it it was more dispersed than the way we do it so this 45 minutes or so 42 minutes is actually how long the actual practice lasts it's not very burdensome compared to what we used to do and there'd be 10, or, 10 to 20 monastics and 20 to 40 uh, lay people at every one of those. So it's uh, not really that difficult to uh, show up and do it at 9 o'clock at night for, in our case, an hour as opposed to however many hours, at, six hours. <clears throat> at Abayagiri, we also took three additional precepts to the five precepts. The five precepts are to avoid killing, to avoid... Uh, sexual misconduct to avoid stealing to avoid lying and to avoid intoxicants of all sorts did i mess those up okay good uh, in the when when we took the when you take the eight precepts you extend that sexual misconduct to a different level and you say no no sexual conduct whatsoever see so but you only take, a, uh, the lay people take 24, that is a 24-hour vow. It's not a lifetime vow. Those are the additional precepts. And then the additional precepts to that are also three more, which is uh, not to eat afternoon, not to sleep on a high bed, and not to uh, indulge in any entertainment. <clears throat> so once a week we would do that. Once again, the Vajrasattva practice is much easier, much less demanding. (laughs) So I hope people will show up more for it. Now, if you're sitting, actually, let me back up. Vajrasattva's name, let's start with who Vajrasattva is and Vajrasattva's name. We have two tankas here. That's Vajrasattva Yabhyum, and this is Vajrasattva by himself. And I'm not going to explain that right now, what Yabyum and by himself are. The name Vajra, the word Vajrasattva, the name Vajrasattva, like Bodhi you got Sattva in both. But the Vajra was the uh, weapon that the Vedic god Indra wielded. Sometimes it was translated in uh, the the uh, Hindu texts, or sometimes translated as a uh, thunderbolt. In uh, some of the Vajrayana, some of the Buddhist texts, they translated it as diamond. But the Vajra is indestructible, uncuttable, unchangeable. So to me, diamond's not a good translation. Diamond, you cut diamond just to put it in your ring. It's no big deal. Easy to cut a diamond. The Vajra cannot be cut by anything. The Vajra is the nature of mind. Vajrasattva is the being of the nature the, 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 the nature of mind being, you might almost say. Am I wrong to say that?
0: Mm-hmm.
3: I am wrong to say that? Mm-hmm. Oh okay. <laughs> 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 so so when we're what we're really practicing is we're prac we're practicing the nature of mind and but At whatever level we're able to do that. In my case, for instance, I'm not a Dzogchen master, so I'm not practicing the nature of mind the way Lama would practice it. But I practice it as closely as I can. So what does that really mean? Let's say you're sitting... And now I would like to refer you. I hope you have a copy of the mantra. And don't be shy. Anybody who knows this mantra, please uh, don't hesitate to join me if I ever do say the mantra. (laughs) But you could be sitting meditating. And let's say you're sitting there and your mind starts to drift off into... Well, yesterday, Michelle said something to me that really makes me mad. And blah, 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 blah. and then you start drifting into something else, and then it changes into something else. You let that go. Something else comes. Now, you, what you could do is you could say, I'm going to bring that back into my present awareness. Maybe I'll focus on my breath. Maybe I'll do something else, you know, whatever you
4: do. Or you could just say Om benza zado sama balaya benza do denoba dishtadrido zuto Anarakto raqtu me bawans awasiri me bryads awagamas uzam me zidan ho awatata gatap ma me
3: And then maybe your attention starts drifting off into what you're going to do after lunch or tomorrow morning. And once again, you know, you could pay some attention to your posture and bring your attention back into the present
4: moment. Let your thoughts still. Or you could say, om benze SAMAYA do sommaya ma nu ba me ba Raghdo <laughs> me bhava zauva siri me prayad zauva kamaz, zame zidan ziyangruh um ahahaha ho dada gata benzamame munza bhava mahsamaya
3: and then you notice that a bunch of people are wearing purple shirts and that my beard is all weird and that one of the tankas is crooked and then you could say bring yourself back again stop having so many opinions and fabrications about things and relax and clear your mind or you could just say,
4: Obenzado Samaya, Manu Balaya, Benzado Teno, Ba, Tisha Dido, Mebawa, Zudo, Cayo, Mebawa, Zubo, Cayo, Mebawa, Anu, Mebawa. SIRIME PRAYADZA ZAVA KAMASU TAM ME ZITANSI YANG RUHUNG AH HA 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 HO BAGAVAN BENZI BHAVA MAHASAMAYA ZA DOA
3: And then it's like, oh, my God, you know, I can't calm down. I just want my, you know, I I need, I should, why aren't I blissful? I need to be blissful. I want to be blissful. I want to be calm. I need to be centered. I need to feel better. I don't like the way I'm feeling. I need to change the way I'm feeling. Now, you could, you know, bring your mind back to the fact that you can let that go, that you can not manipulate yourself, that you can just, let your present experience be whatever it is and stay with it. Or you
4: could just do something really easy and say, Ombenzado samaya manu balaya, Benzado teno ba drido me ba wa do kayo me ba zu kayo me ba wa Zawasiri me prayad zawa kamazut zamezidanji angruhun. Ha 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 ha! Magawon zawa dadagadabenzam amemunzabenzibawa mahazamaya zadoahun.
3: So that's the approach that I learned from uh, observing. He didn't teach it to me directly, but from observing Yoshio Ken Rinpoche. Uh, and now that you've had a taste, a little bit of a taste of what we do on the lunar practice nights, I'll give you a, a more thorough description of the practice itself. We begin with the leader, whoever the leader is, will lead the mantra seven times. We say it seven times together. And then we stop, and there is no timing. We don't use a gong, no bell. When we stop, when the mantra ends, we stop. When anybody feels... I have to say, this, this practice is good when you're by yourself, like I do it by myself, and it's great. It's great with two people. It's great with three people. But I think in a lot of ways, it's really, really, it really uh, comes to fruition when you have five or more people. Because the way we do it is we stop, and then when one of the practitioners feels that the, for whatever reason, any of the reasons that I gave before, which is you know, thoughts drifting into the past, thoughts drifting into the future, opinions about the present, uh, manipulating your mental condition, uh, any of those things start to intrude upon their quiet meditation, that that person then begins saying the mantra, and they become the leader, and the rest of us follow for three repetitions of the mantra. And then we stop. And so we continue that process for 42 minutes. That's after some preliminary prayers, of course. Um, <clears throat> and, then, and then we end it with a gong. <laughs> so uh, that's all I really have to say. I hope I didn't go on too long. Uh, does anybody have any questions or... Comments, arguments. Isn't
2: there some visualization of No. no.
1: Isn't there some visualization
2: that also accompanies of ideal micro?
3: Yeah. Micro. Oh you need Michael. We only have one? Oh no.
1: Isn't there some visualization of Vajrasattva uh, and, and the consort while
2: we're um reciting the mantra?
3: Should I answer? Yes. Uh Well, in, in, there, there, there is in some practices, and in this practice, you're certainly welcome to do that. But uh, in this, you know, there are different ways of approaching practices. This is not a sadhana practice. We don't have a text that we're working with. We don't have a, uh, a visualization that we all do together. You can. There's no no reason you shouldn't. I usually do. Uh, But this is a practice that works for everybody. Uh, You can be an absolute beginner who's never even heard of Vajrasattva. You don't know what Vajrasattva looks like. You've never seen a Tanka. But we practice this together and you will experience a quieting and a stillness that you otherwise. Might take a long time to get to in a sitting meditation. So, you know, there's, there's, you can practice this as a, as as just a shamatha, as a pure shamatha meditation. You can you can include a visualization and practice this as a, a vajrayana any level of vajrayana practice. You could actually. Use the mantra to as an entryway into a, a Dzogchen meditation or a Mahamudra meditation, but that's all. You know, we're all practicing together. Uh, any individual can practice at any level. Well, we practice the same thing together. That's one of the things I like about the practice.
2: Thank you. is there any plans to put out on the schedule the actual days I can't keep track when you guys are doing the practice
3: the schedule it's always on the calendar and if you click on one of the practices on the calendar you can get all you get all of them okay. so if you really want to follow it you can do it that way you can also go to dateandtime.com and look up the quarters because we always do it on the quarters local time here we aren't doing it a lot of the things we do we might do it according to the tibetan calendar in tibet what time it is in tibet rather than here but this one we're doing local time and which actually brings me to another thing you know yeah we 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 the reason the reason we're taking a break is because it seemed like nobody was coming so for me i like to do i love to do the practice but to drive in by my, to practice by myself, just, you know, I might as well stay home and practice, right? But if anybody wants to practice this coming Friday, let me know. I'll be here. Uh, Friday is the next quarter of the moon. If you want to practice at 9 o'clock Friday, I'll be here. And if you let me know you want to practice Friday, I'll even take off the break off the calendar tomorrow.
1: I think you got a few hands there. Okay,
3: so Friday. Well, that Friday and that. Yeah. This coming Friday at 9 o'clock. I'm sorry? Oh. Because it, the, the date of the practice changes all the time, and 9 o'clock does not conflict with any other practice at the, the temple. Whereas if we do it, we tried it earlier and we wind up practicing in the dojo, we wind up splitting sangha, some people would like to do both, but they can't because they're happening at the same time. So uh, 9 o'clock is in order to allow the practice to maintain the same time, the same type of... Plus it should be in the dark, really, you know, a lunar practice should be in the dark, and in the summer, any earlier than nine o'clock, it's not going to be. How long did you go? The entire thing is an hour, so we only practice from nine to ten. Which I know is a little hard, you know. If you get up early in the morning, it's hard to leave here at ten o'clock. But it's harder <laughs> to live in samsara. <laughs>
1: Thank you, Dirk. That was, um, I really got the feeling that I think you were trying, hopefully, you were trying to convey in, in doing that practice. My mind was very much clear with each recitation of that, so thank you. Um, I probably already know the answer to this, but I want to ask you anyway. How important is that rhythm that you're using?
3: No idea. I have no idea. That's just the way I learned it. For me, you know, it's, it's, I think if you have a different rhythm that you would prefer, I think it's fine. You should do that.
1: I have to come in with that because, yeah, there, you can go onto YouTube and see you know, a whole bunch of different styles. What you want to do is find your rhythm, right? So I asked one of my teachers with Gurimshi's Seven Line Prayer, like, can we, you know, do it a different tune? He thought for a second. He said, "Anything but the Mickey Mouse tune." <laughs> 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 yeah. So, okay. So, uh, it's a very important practice. vajrasattva's is uh, sometimes said as the the center. You know, we say five Buddha families. Vajrasattva would be like. The Lord of the Families. Um, It's a practice that uh, all the lineages do. As Dirk pointed out, it's done at different levels. Uh, I put together a sadhana around, you know, purification practice that uh, combines uh, some of the higher teachings too. But it can be done as a regular uh, kriya. Uh, tantra practice, or it can be done as a Dzogchen practice. Um, but uh, the most important thing is, like, just do it. And I, I like the, uh, you know, mantra, and then a silent mantra, silent. Um, it's good to do that kind of alternating practice that's actually um, Dzogchen style. So uh, it's important, and I, I like that we're doing it at nine o'clock, actually, it's smart. Oh, thank you so much. That's fantastic. Very good. Yeah. Um, the moon is a big deal. So um, uh, there's a lot more to say about uh, moon practice, actually. I'd like to um, have a few more questions, but while people are thinking, I, I want to thank people for their essays with the Buddha Dharma Study Program. I think. Uh, I got 15 essays. Um, I might have one or more coming. Uh, but they're good, you know. I'm really proud of people that really um, given it a lot of thought, used it uh, uh, for their practice, and uh, struggled with it. I like that. we meant to struggle with it a little bit, okay? Um, so uh, that's very good. You know, people have taken it very seriously, and I'm delighted. Um, one, one of the things that makes me happy is like uh, she's not here Jules, who's going to uh, go represent us in uh, Nepal later this fall. She said to Kansuram, she said, oh, we're, we're starting off with Nagarjuna's uh, you know, wisdom carcass. And he said, oh, that's hard. That's what I want to hear. Yeah, that's what I want to hear. I want, I want the, uh, the lineage teachers, our teachers that come here, uh, including me to kind of go oh yeah they're doing something yeah okay so thank you very much for doing that um, however that's not the end there's another book <laughs> so the book Ocean of Reasoning uh, is uh, Lama Sankapa's commentary on uh, the rude verses of the Middle Way wisdom uh, so, I'm feeling very compassionate today, so uh, the, the way to study that text is uh, to make it a little bit easier uh, for those that are reading it is uh, each chapter has a summary at the end. Read the summary, <laughs> okay? Re- read the root verse that he's commenting on and then read the summary. And sometimes the summaries are rather short, okay, so that's like that's the uh you know synopsis that's the thesis uh dissertation abstract we would say right so uh read that, and then everything in between um is uh anybody actually still reading it now yeah so uh is uh it's discussion you see so This style is kind of not like you're sitting in a university and point da 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 da. I know there's an outline. Oh, I should say read the outline. You know the, the thing, and then read the summary. And so those are the, you know, two, two uh, slices of bread, right? And then the inside is kind of like discussion. So you want to think that uh, he's sitting around with um, these other teachers that he's quoting from. Um, you know, primarily Chandrakirti in the Prasanna but but, uh, you know, he's bringing in all these other people and it's like you're talking with a bunch of people. So don't be thinking like, uh, you know, you're following it in this very linear way or you'll go a little nutty. Okay? So you want to think, oh, you're listening to a discussion. Because it's, it's kind of, in a sense, rambling, right? Yeah. So that style is like, we're, we're kind of casting out, Lama Sankar was casting out a big net and kind of like, okay, maybe I'll catch you here. Maybe I'll catch you there. I'm going to say it again this way. I'm going to say it that way. So it's uh, covering the whole territory in uh, you know this style rather than just that style. So the Garfield commentary would be
3: one
1: of the, one of the, the voices. Yeah, yeah. So, that's the other thing, is... uh, Pardon me? Garble voice. (laughs) Garble voice, yeah. So, uh, the the texts, these classical Indian texts, are trying to replicate uh, the Dharma discussions that uh, Buddha Shakyamuni had at the time. So, it's always a dialogue going on. It's not just, you know... uh, It sometimes is, when we deal with logic, it sometimes is the way it is, but... Particularly in a garden, is there's there's objectors, and then he says, "Well, you say this, and then I say this," you know. So it's like that. So uh, uh, Cynthia Tartars would know better than I am, but generally, you don't look at a painting in a linear way. You have to kind of go around it. Is that so? Yes. So uh, we're we're doing scholarship in a in a different way than. Um, just kind of like getting one sentence and then I got to figure out exactly what that means, and then I got to get the next sentence exactly what that means you know we're 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 having a discussion, of course, uh, people can um, study it as obsessively compulsively as you want to. Uh, you might struggle with that you might it might be a reflection of one's own mind um, <laughs> it's also we don't mean to just be. Uh, too cursory either, you know. We we want some of the text on uh, the ideas to kind of grab us. So the idea of a discussion is like, like even these kind of discussions is maybe something the speaker said or uh, Lama or the students, you know, kind of grabbed you, right? So he's just kind of saying, what about this, what about this, like that. Mm-hmm. But read, this, read the, uh, you know, the summary and, and, and read the, you know, just the introduction things. Then you'll be alright. I don't know, maybe you won't. But. <laughs> There's a hand way at the back, so somebody needs to exercise can take the microphone back to Elizabeth.
0: Uh, I have a question about the ocean of endurance. Uh, this is the chapter of the rising, sustaining, and decaying. There's a, what is it, a footnote? And it says, uh, uh, Sankapa refers here to Chandraka griddie's citation of both It says it's number 2 some like most buddhist philosophers take space to be permanent and unproduced is there anything other than space that's permanent and unproduced i mean this was a big surprise and it like really ruined everything for a second uh glad and then, to hear it. And then I was glad like, you
1: recovered. You and know, then
0: I good. was like uh, uh, is there like a list of these so that I can be prepared for this? Because this is this is a footnote. Yeah. This is a footnote. It never at least as far as I am through the book. Yeah. It never comes out and says, you know, here's the list of permanent and un unproduced stuff. There's a uh, different um there are different
1: uh presentations of Dharma, and the Buddha being uh compassionate tried to meet people where they are right so and uh and at the same time uh teach and bring them up to uh you know keep bringing them forward up to you know the next step so uh sometimes you know all these different uh Terms or different elements or different realizations are talked about differently, you know, depending upon the view you're using at the time. So, instead of getting into like the hermeneutics of space, I'm just saying, you know, like, he's pointing out that, uh, just by the way, space is sometimes seen this way. But when we're doing midway way training, uh, Madhyamaka training, we're particularly zeroing in on uh, the fact that uh, we can't find any uh, solid things like that. We can't find any fixed essences. We can't find any uh, fixed substance. So um, uh, he's not dealing with it from like an Abhidharma point of view saying, here's all these different realities like this. So uh, if the people stick with uh, the chorus, we uh, will uh, kind of go backwards and talk about Abhidharma kind of style, like you know what you know what, what shape is the universe, what shape is Mount Meru, <laughs> What's space like. But I'm I'm jumping people up into the Madhyamaka view right away, um, and then we might step back and start talking about. Um, uh, Things from different perspective, like that. So stick with it, like that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I know it's good. Mm-hmm. So one of my aspirations is, uh, as people give talks, uh, and they're recorded, is to, uh, and I give talks is uh, to put all this together in one book. So uh, I'm working on getting my book and my talks out called Dharma Unedited. Um, but uh, we need a book where uh, you know, we record the talks, maybe a little editing, and with my talks and the student talks, we put that together in a book. Wouldn't that be good? You have not found another book like that. You will not find a book like that. Have you found a book like that? No. So. Uh, at this point, we have to present the teachings completely in a contemporary, fresh way, um, while at the same time respecting the karmic world and having you know, respect for tradition, so that's done too, but we need to have that kind of book, a real interdependent book. Shouldn't we have that? Yeah, so uh, I'm looking for someone that can help me uh, put that together, and we can have Uh, these interesting dharma talks in one place, right? Because if you're a scholar, you'll know that all the sutras were not spoken by the Buddha. Which sutra do we chant just an hour ago that was not spoken by the Buddha? Pardon me? Heart sutra. Yeah, heart sutra. You know, right? Do you need to check The Buddha said, yeah, that's great,
2: thanks.
1: (laughs) 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 Yeah, but who who spoke? Yeah, Avalokiteshvara, Chanvesi. Obviously, Shariputra was sitting in the room (laughs) in space. (laughs) Shariputra, by the way. (laughs) So we have historical precedents for doing that, right? So that would be good. Any last uh, questions or comments? Yes, sir. Yes.
3: Since you're talking about recording, I just want to point out to people that all of the recordings that have been made from the end of 2016 until up to last week, up through Monday, are on the lines of the website. Some of them are on SoundCloud. All of 2019 are on SoundCloud uh, as well, which you can get to through the website. Uh, the 2018, 2017, and 2016 ones still need to be edited and added to SoundCloud, which I'm working on. But all of the recordings are available, and my uh, commitment is to always make them available uh, within a week of the recording. So. You want to have any lives? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, thank you. It's wonderful service. Yeah, super. I'm sorry? I
3: only find out between May when I
1: search. You search? When I click
3: on the link, it gets to 2019, up to May 26th. I think your phone is going to
0: crash. <laughs> I
3: think you have a cash proof. Look at it right now. To I'll, I'll bring it up I don't want you to wait
1: for me yeah we, we we all have different phones don't we <laughs> isn't that weird yeah like yeah on my phone okay so um, uh, we need to end on time so the people that want to uh, go through um, the short Kalachakra Guru yoga method with me at um, 115 can come back here you can get uh, some food and snack Um, so I'm delighted that I can present these teachings, it's working because uh, we do have uh, administrators and stewards and helpers and maintenance people you know when That's uh, Julie's, that's I'm, Julie's I'm voice, by sure the way. Yeah. <laughs> you shouldn't try to shut Julie off. You know, we're getting in trouble.
3: <laughs> yeah. I, agree, I know, it's overriding my sound settings.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's, there's a message, yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I know. Anyway, uh, they, they are there. The, the, the SoundCloud app needs work. Uh, it, it, but if you scroll all the way, it's, last, yeah. it's Monday's recording. Just so you know, they are all there. You might have issues. I've had people, people come and they, they say, oh, this isn't there. It's, sometimes you just need to refresh your browser.
1: So thank you to Derek today. I put a lot of work into the talk, as everyone does. I really appreciate the um, presentation, and a practices. software uh, you practice know, very, I don't know. I just do a lot of it, because I need it. But it's also fun, right? Spontaneous happens. So when we have maintenance people that are stewards and helpers, then, uh, then we can, you know, we're creating this uh, lake and then the swans can come to the lake, you know? So the swans are our artists and our, our poets, right? The, our teachers and uh, our healers, right? Because we create that environment and uh, then they show up, right? So I'd like to thank particularly, of course, the artists and healers and helpers and teachers that are here, um, and the maintenance people, uh, of which I consider myself a maintenance person, uh, a janitor, dharma janitor. Uh, so I'm very grateful to the people that, like Peter and, and Truka put on, the um, and Brian, uh, the transom thing, but the door Yeah. Weather stripping. Yeah, weather stripping. Yeah, that takes, you know, and then Yeah, and like like a couple of weeks ago, like Michelle was here all day helping people get the refrigerator out. That took a lot of creativity, right? So and umph, like, no you're not leaving until (laughs) until you take the refrigerator. They even paid us, but I think they were ready to go, right? They were saying, "Well, we paid you a couple hundred dollars, but we'll give up." No, like, no, you're <laughs> taking the refrigerator, you know, away. We'll <laughs> we'll get a new one. You know, really, uh, you know, appreciate the flowers are wonderful, but they seem very bright, even though it's a little warm. But we'll have a refrigerator, right? Okay. So we need to do uh, uh, dedication, and then uh, yeah, and then and then announcements at the end. Doug has something to say.
2: Hello, I haven't spoken the microphone before. <laughs> uh, this, I'm going to talk about my volunteering and how it relates to Shambhala. Shambhala is not a, mystical, a mythical community in another dimension, but we are already here. Shambhala surrounds us. The Shambhalan journey means taking care of our own community as an enlightened society. With this in mind, Lamala asked me to say a few minutes about my volunteering at Volunteers of America. Volunteers of America is an organization that helps the most vulnerable and underserved people achieve their full potential. I began volunteering with them in about 2004 when I saw a volunteer opportunity with Volunteers of America to help wrap gifts at Christmas time to be distributed to the poor. It was fun doing this with all the sharing and all the enthusiasm, so I kept doing it every Christmas time uh, until they stopped doing that particular uh, job. Uh, later, I did a lot of other things. Volunteers of American America received a couple of grants to build playgrounds at two of their facilities in Sacramento. So I and a 100 and so people built playgrounds, each one taking no more than one day to do the whole playground. And the children at these facilities actually decided what would be on the playground. They were sort of like consultants One of them was at their family shelter for homeless parents and children where the parents get counseling, education, job search information, and so on. And the kids have daycare or are driven to school. Another one was at their Mather Community Campus, which provides a one-year employment and rehabilitative transitional housing program for homeless people, former foster kids, and veterans. When I was furloughed from work for a few weeks, I needed something to do. So one thing I did is I helped out with an event where they uh, bused kids from the VOA programs to a pumpkin patch. And the, the kids went on hay rides and they picked pumpkins. This was very rewarding to me. At The same time, I also volunteered at their senior safe house, which houses about six uh, seniors temporarily uh, at risk seniors until they find permanent housing. I've been really uh, grateful to be able to help out with VOA. It's a, all their programs are very wonderful and doing a lot of great things in Sacramento. They serve people from all walks of life, children to seniors. Every year they have a what they call Operation Backpack, which I don't know if some of you may have heard of or not. Uh, They sponsor backpacks and school supplies for the needy children from kindergarten all the way through high school. So people drop off backpacks at various places which are filled with supplies based on a list that was provided. And I usually buy one or two and fill it up. And then later I'll help the volunteers check the backpacks to make sure what's actually in there is what was supposed to have been. This year they distributed over 7,800 backpacks in the Sacramento area. Pretty amazing. I think that Volunteers of America is a very good example of enlightened activity, since their mission is to care for our community. For this reason, whenever I have an opportunity to volunteer with them, I can. Nowadays, most of their volunteer opportunities are for groups rather than individuals. Uh, if you want, I can give you more information about VOA and about some of their opportunities they have. Right now, they do things like birthday parties, craft nights, and senior house adopt a meal. Thank you.
0: This has been a Lions Roar Dharma Center recording. For more information, visit org.